All right, welcome in everybody to the Hardly Knowledgeable Podcast. I am Nolan Warner, of course, joined again uh, by Drew Schoenberger. Uh, no Bryson today. He's watching uh, the Thayer. Is it the Thayer Flyers middle school uh, basketball team? I believe so. Oh yeah, go go Flyers, right? So it's men. It's it's boys basketball now. So at least it's not. You know, he's not watching girls middle school basketball with a nice thirteen to eight. Final. What are you saying about girls middle school basketball, Noah? Oh, what well, you know, for a middle schooler, it's pretty fun. I remember having a lot of fun at girls basketball games back in back in my uh, Royster hey, middle school years. Back but in your heyday. Back yeah, back back when I peaked in middle school. But uh, you know, it's never it's not really been fun. But you know, I think boys basketball even in middle school, it's like you can expect a twenty five to fifteen finish or something. There's not like you're not expecting, like, you know, a great game or anything. You know, I think so. one time we had an overtime game. We might have gotten 30s. You know, I don't know. Oh, that's pretty impressive. Mm. That's pretty impressive right there. That's, I mean, we should probably submit that to the record books, I think, for the state Not to team. get too off topic here, but uh, when Bryson's little brother was at Royster, he played on the A team for Ruark, but then we watched the B team game before that my dad coached. And, like, half the team couldn't even dribble, and it was just – it was painful. Like – Yeah. Like, yeah. Hey, <laughs> you got you to gotta respect those middle school coaches because they, they know so much about the sport that they coach, but it's just fundamentals, fundamentals. And, and my then, dad has, like, a short fuse, so, like, yeah. I, could just tell, I could just tell he was struggling out there. <laughs> I mean, well, and, you know, it's lucky for your dad because he doesn't have any hair to pull out, so he can't show his oh. stress level. <laughs> he can't show his stress level there, you know. Yeah, it just gets red. <laughs> which i mean i mean bruce weber and bill self can speak to that you know it's easy to get red sometimes so um <clears throat> all right so we can go ahead and get into it we're going to discuss the state of kansas and kansas state athletics of course uh so we'll go ahead we'll start with the jayhawks who lost a basketball game in the frank Irwin center imagine imagine losing a basketball game in the frank Irwin center uh very rare for a K-State fan to feel that feeling this year. Uh, so, Drew, you want to go ahead? You want to talk about that? Break it down a little bit? Tell us what you think? Yeah. So, you know, disappointing result, you know, when you lose to anyone. I, you know, going into the game, you know, me, Nolan, and Bryson, I talked about it. And, you know, some people were more confident than others. I wasn't too confident in us winning this game. You know, we're coming off a big win just two days prior. You know, we'd rattled off quite a few wins in a row in the Big 12 at least I don't know how many in a row but last loss was against Texas Tech um so thought it was gonna be a tough game Texas is pretty good they've won like five of their last six um but you know the way the game ended we were up four and then you know they bank in a three we turn it over they get a two and then we have a really bad last possession and they end up winning by three so just a tough way to end it and you know just try to hold on to the Big 12 lead. You know, it's a grind. Like, we can't, you know, there's a bunch of Twitter accounts out there saying, oh, we've got the Big 12 locked up already. Like, no, we don't. Like, still a month left. Like, let's, let's keep it going. So, disappointing loss, you know, still have the same worries I do come tournament time about this team. But I, you know, feeling good, but feeling not so good come March if we play some teams that, you know, have good bigs and stuff, which you don't have that a ton in the Big 12. But when you do, it kind of comes back to bite you. So, you know, it's not the end of the world that we lost, but kind of stinks. 
Yeah, for sure. And, you know, talking about the Big 12, I mean, that brings Baylor kind of right back into the thick of things. And I would even say Texas Tech and Texas have an outside shot. You know, Kansas only has two losses in conference and Baylor has the three. And Baylor's a half a game back right now, but they've still got one more matchup in Waco. So that, that, that you know, I think some revenge could be um, on the mind for the Baylor Bears uh, without a doubt. Yeah. And uh, KU's played one less game because the TCU game got canceled. So like the last week of the season, we have to play them on a Tuesday, Thursday. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah, that's going to be, that's going to be tough for sure. TCU um, is a, Weird team, to say the least. Yeah, they're pretty. So, I think they're pretty streaky. They're they're five and four in conference, and they're the last team with uh, a winning record. Um, so they're they're solid, solidly in the top half of the conference. Um, so I think you know it's it's going to be a last. It's going to be a fun last few weeks. Uh, a race to for Kansas. What would this? This would be their second in a row Big Twelve conference title, or did they? Did Baylor win last year? Baylor won last year. Okay, so Big 12 getting a little bit more competitive. You know, those Southern Baptists and their spending habits, you know, they might they might start to make a name for themselves in the new Big 12, which is something I would be pretty pretty happy about. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, last year, Baylor lost one game in the Big 12 to Kansas somehow. And if, then KU lost like five. And that if was- there were a university, If there were a university that I wouldn't want to have – in the Big 12, it'd be Baylor just because of how slimy they are, you know. Uh, they've got the whole campus-wide rape culture thing. They're still, you know, I don't think they've rebuilt their Baptist name back yet. Um, which, you know you know how the, the football team got into a bunch of trouble and Co- Coach Bryles got yeah. fired and everything? Yeah. You, know, you know why they didn't get NCAA sanctions of violations? Why? Because they claimed it as a university-wide issue that the football team was just a part of. Mm. Because, I mean, maybe because, that's true, but, I mean, but the still, football team had probably a high percentage. They did. They did have a high percentage, but, <clears throat> you know. I mean, I kind of want to move past it just because, like, you know, that was now two coaches ago, and it's a whole different thing. But, like, it's also, like, really awful what was going on. Yeah, so, it definitely it definitely was really awful, and I, I think was surprised that they never had like anything. Like, I thought they would. I guess like would they just punish the football team, or would they punish all the athletics, like a postseason ban, or like I don't know well, how it was going to work. You know, I don't know because it wasn't just athletics is the problem. So I think they couldn't. I think they couldn't punish them. Um, I think the football team had a pretty big role in it. Is why their their head football coach got fired and Scott Drew stuck around because at that point in time. Uh, I think Art Bryles was a little bit more successful than Scott Drew was um, in a sense because of how good those Baylor football teams are. But, uh, you know, I think that they're starting to get the right guys in there. Um, You know, I don't think Dave Aranda or Matt Rule would have stood for any of that stuff. But I think it's – but I I think it's something that you can't just get, you know, get out from underneath, you know, like like – when you think of Penn State, you still think mm-hmm. of yeah. the Jerry Sandusky stuff. And yeah. that's been forever ago. You know, we've had a few coaches come and go since then, you know, and it's mm-hmm. just, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, it's nice to say that you want to move past it, but also I think that's a tarnish that Baylor's going to have for a while, um, for a long time until people forget, uh, forget about what happened, I think. Because you can't really, you know, you can't just not, remember that you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. yeah so all right moving on speaking of the baylor bears yeah speaking of baylor 
the uh, Kansas State Wildcats this weekend, they uh, went on the road to Fort Worth and they won. So that was a pretty nice win. Two big, two big 12 wins in conference and a great opportunity uh, this past Wednesday uh, to really, really get this win streak going against a top 10 team in Baylor, which admittedly the Cats didn't match up well against. The Bears are very, they were a very tall athletic team. And that's one thing that the Cats really lack is height. Uh, when you look at Nigel Pack, who's barely, what, 6'2? Um, I think he's listed at six foot. Yeah, so, so six know. foot and Marquise Noel, who's five foot, and then you've got Mike McGurl, who's not very tall either. So like, I you know, it's I don't think they're gonna ma- they they match up very well against a lot of teams. You've seen their height hurt them in a lot of different places, like against Kansas and against Baylor in Waco, and then against Baylor last night. Uh, the Cats ended up losing what was it by fifteen, I believe. So yeah, they scored more points than we were expecting. We didn't think they'd get out of the fifties, but they did just barely. Um, so that's good. You go into halftime, you're tied 34 apiece, but I don't think anybody in that building really expected the Cats to win. Uh, I think they were all they all had the same expectations um, of what happened. You know, I think they were all expecting Baylor to come out and give them a flurry of punches, and it was up to the Cats to respond. Uh, in the first four to six, I think it was in the first six minutes, I think K-State scored four points and Baylor scored like 15. So mm-hmm. that put the Cats in a hole early in the second half and they just couldn't come back. You know, they couldn't get the stops when they needed to. They went on a little five-point run, brought it, brought it within, I think they got to nine maybe, as close as nine. And then Baylor just started making shots and K-State stopped getting stops. And, you know, they, they couldn't get, in arm's reach of Baylor, they couldn't get past that 10-point threshold for the rest of the night. So Baylor ends up winning by 15. Uh, I thought that the Cats played good in the first half. They just can't string together games. Nigel Pack, who's now averaging, has to be over 17 points a game, had a quiet 31 points. Mark Smith had 17. Uh, they combined for 48 total points of K-State's 60. Uh, so the other, the rest of the team had 12 um, the third leading scorer was Luke Kasubke with four. And then the bigs, yeah, the bigs for K-State, all three of them, they combined for like two rebounds, four points, and it was just – that was embarrassing. Davion Bradford had a point and three rebounds in 17 yep. minutes. Casey Eziegu had two points and a rebound in six minutes. And Carlton Lingard had two points in 10 minutes. So, yeah. So that's just – that's not the production you want from your bigs. Uh, Davion, every time he gets the ball underneath the rim, he puts it on the floor, which I feel like that those are against the rules, you know, against the rules and playing uh, down there. Once you get the ball, you keep it above your head and you go up strong with it. And Davion, that's just something I don't think he seems to be willing to do uh, right now. And he's, he doesn't seem very athletic. Casey last night was lost on the defensive end. That's I mean, Davion did okay defensively, but Casey just was lost. It was bad to watch. Like, I'm not a basketball guy, but I could tell that that guy was out of place consistently. Um, And then Carlton just doesn't have, I mean, he doesn't have the muscle to hang with the big 12 underneath the rim. And uh, I I think that's, that's pretty obvious. He is uh, most nights an offensive threat, but last night um, not so much, you know? So when I don't know, you know, I think it was K State did better when they had the five guards on the floor. Ish needs to find a shot again. You know, at the beginning of the season, he was doing pretty good. Um, he was doing pretty good 
making the threes. He had he has a really smooth shooting motion, but he they just haven't been falling, and he's been in quite a slump for the past two months. Uh, so I think that's something that could probably improve. Getting ten points from Ish, getting. 10 points from Marquise. Marquise, I don't know if he's fallen back to the way he was, but he seems a little bit more sporadic and not very smart with the ball anymore. So I think this team could be really dangerous, but 80-something percent of the points should not come from two players night in and night out, which has been that way for the last three weeks, three to four weeks. So, you know, I don't know if there's any solution to this, but if K-State wants to make the tournament, I think they need to get six or seven more wins. And looking at their schedule, I don't think they have six more, six or seven more wins on it. I think they need to get the one against Oklahoma at home. They need to get the one against Oklahoma State. And then they need to really – they need to sweep Iowa State, and then they're going to have to steal a couple. So, And I don't know how that's going to go. We're going to find out this Saturday when they go into Hilton, but I don't know if there's six <clears> or seven more wins on the schedule for K-State. Um, but – We'll see. They're going to have to play out of their mind and steal a couple games for sure. So, All right. I got a couple things here. Okay. So, one – or I'm not going to number them, but just starting off here, K-State, they – if you go into the game saying that you'd make more threes than Baylor, that's a good sign. K-State was 5 for 18. Baylor was 4 for 17. Not really great by either team. K-State had – Four more free throw opportunities. They both both teams made thirteen free throws. Um, Baylor out rebounded them, but yeah, like like you said, like you can't have eighty percent of your points come between two players. Like unless the eighty percent is like a really big number, like they both drop thirty, then sure. But that's not like the fact that Luke Kasubki was the third leading scorer with four points, and it wasn't like a bunch of guys had four. Like one guy had four. Like, that's – I mean, it's pathetic. Like I, What are you it, saying about my man Luke Kasupke there, Drew? Well, he doesn't start, and he does one thing. Like, I – you know. He didn't do that last night. That's not how he got his four points. But That's true. But, you know, typically he, he comes made, in and he stands in the corner and he stretches out, you know, can yeah. touch the floor. He made, he made a nice move to the rim. I'm not going to – he looked no, pretty he did. athletic when he did that. He but. did. You know, he's Dean Wade. I know. But, you know, <laughs> like, I don't know. I – yeah. I mean, no, I, like Mark, like Luke Kasuki, like he's a fine, like he's fine off the bench, but like Ishmael didn't score. Noel uh-huh. didn't even score. Mike McGurl had three points on one for three shooting, which is fine, but he was one for five on free throws. Like that's pretty bad. Like, yeah, that's pretty embarrassing. Maybe, I think. maybe, you know, you're a guard. Like, how do you, like, if a big can't make free throws, like it's, painful but it's like okay they're seven foot they have big hands like it's like you're a guard like how do you go one like i don't know yeah guards guards that struggle from like the free throw line or just can't shoot at all i'm like how like mike my girl can shoot but like mm-hmm. how do you how do you go 20 percent from the free throw line like i don't know yeah that's hard to do especially when a large percentage of i'm sure a large percentage of their practice time uh, from since they were really young, came from the free throw line. I feel like that's the mark to a good basketball player is when you get free points, you got to make them. You know, so, at Christian Brown, I mean, you put him on the line, and that's two points. You can put two points on the scoreboard for the Jayhawks. I mean, it's just insane. So. Yeah, part of KU throwing that game away was from free throws. Also, one of Baylor's better players, Matthew Meyer, who, you know, students having some fun with, he didn't score. So that, you know, was promising at the time. He didn't play a lot. He played 12 minutes, but just like 
if you're going into the game, you're like, oh, he's not going to score. And yeah. you're going to make more threes. And free throws are going to be about the same. You're like, okay, I like our chances. And you lose by 15. Like, it just, mm-hmm. you know, something that no one always says is like, oh, that, that five-minute scoring drought's coming. And it, it happened at the beginning of the second half. And that's just not – and I was looking at K-State's schedule earlier. So, they have one, two, three, four, seven games left. And I was going through it, and it's, it's impossible to predict, like, in the Big 12, like, how you're going to do. Because the Big 12 is from one to ten. Like, Oklahoma State's not very good, but they can – like, they beat Oklahoma on Saturday. And it's like, Who oh. beat Tech. Yeah, and it's like, maybe night. Oklahoma's not very good. And Oklahoma beats Tech, who's really freaking good by 15. Like, yeah. This league is – It's impressive. Grind. Yeah, it, cool. it definitely is. I'm going to go through the games, and I'm going to just – I'm going to say if, if you can win them. At Iowa State, tough environment, but I think you can win. They've been struggling. Now, maybe it's a get-right game for them, but I don't really see them that way. I agree. Home, West Virginia. West Virginia is not really in the tournament picture right now. Maybe since they beat Iowa State, that'll help them. But that's winnable. At Oklahoma State, that's winnable. At Kansas, probably not, but you never probably know. Probably not. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a rivalry. I mean, anything can happen. Home, <laughs> Iowa State, possible. At Texas Tech, probably not, but you beat them the first time. So, again, you never know. Although that arena is tough. Where? Texas Tech. Yeah, that's a that's a tough place. I mean, if you're Kansas, that's a tough place to play. Mm. And if you're Texas, that's a tough place to play. I don't think it'll draw the crowd. I don't think Kansas State will draw the crowd that we're, we're you know, accustomed that to might be That might be true. And at home, Oklahoma, that's winnable. So, I think in your seven games, you have five winnable ones. But so they've got to steal you can one go. of those games. You could go five and two, but you could also go two and five, like it, yeah, or worse. Like you, like I don't think they'll do worse than two and five. But if Here's I had, to, what, if I had to guess, I feel like you guys probably take care of business in the three home games, and you gotta steal, like you gotta steal, like Iowa State on the road, Oklahoma State on the road. I mean, Oklahoma State, you're better than that, I think, but like. But, like, here's the thing. You've got to win the five games you said are winnable, but then they have to steal one more. They have to win one more of those seven. Well, the I thing think is – to feel is, comfortable going into the tournament, they need to have – they need to go six so and one. So, the thing is, is if you win – so, six and one means you have to win all the winnable ones and then either win at KU or at Tech. So like Yeah, they, they have to steal one of those. That's two. a tall so – I know. That, if you go five and two, you're 17 and 13 going into – that's uh, – see – Oh, man. So I was thinking, like, the best case for K-State for the Big 12 tournament is probably position yourself where you're, like, the sixth seed. You need to avoid the first game, the, the, the yeah. Wednesday, where it's the 7, 10, 8, 9. Yeah, you, you need to buy, which I think is in play. Like, what are you – I haven't – I think we're seventh or sixth. I knew you were sixth, but I know it's – it changes. But, uh, we are we're we're sixth tied with Oklahoma Oklahoma State, and then West Virginia has one less yes. win than we do. Mm-hmm. And you're a full game up on Iowa State. Wow, so yeah. f- six through ten are separated by a game. Mm-hmm. That's funny. So if you end up because if you're in the seven ten or eight nine, like you can win that game against TCU because that's who it'll be because they you know every year. But um, no, it's getting TCU probably gets a buy. But I think so if. Like, however you play, then it's – if you're in the 8-9 game, you know, as of now, you'd be playing KU. You probably don't want to do that, especially that's like a home game. Yeah. If we're being honest. And then the two seed for is the either – a home game for the Cats. Okay. 
Um, <laughs> Arkansas and Illinois fans. Do they beg to differ? Well, they travel better than the Jayhawks. <laughs> so, <laughs> then if you're playing the two seed, then it's either Baylor or Tech at this point. Maybe Texas. I guess Tech and Texas are tied right now. And Tech still has to go to Texas, who Texas' only well, home that's loss. Gonna be- Texas' only home loss is to K-State, which is hilarious. Like, how did that- <laughs> Let's be real, though. That might be a home game for the for the Raiders if they can crash Texas's ticket selling website in the matter of hours. I don't know. I feel like Texas fans are going to be pissed, though. Like, well, the tickets are already bought. We'll see. Yeah, I, I remember seeing that. I'll, we'll see what happens. But I think so. If you can get like a six seed, and the you luck out with whoever the three seed is, like it seems like you guys played pretty well against Texas. So maybe Texas gets the three seed. And you play Texas and you upset them, which I don't think that's crazy. Yeah, that's not you, you upset them and you get to the semis. And if at that point you're 18 and 13, then there's at yeah. least a conversation. And maybe you play Baylor or KU and maybe it's like really close. And maybe the committee's watching that because it's like two days away. Mm-hmm. And obviously, if you made it to the Big 12 championship in that path, then I feel – I don't know if you'd be in, but it'd be – be pretty close. I think it'd be pretty close. Got to take care of business first, so we'll see. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, Drew. Here's what I think about that, which I totally agree with you. Like, five and two is a good mark. But I want to stress they need to get a road win against one of those two teams. I think that's very important for them, and it's going to be extremely difficult. Uh, We're going to find out this Saturday how how this little – plan of ours pathway of ours to get to the tournament goes but they've got to sweep Iowa State they've got to take care of business in those five games but I'm still a firm believer that they've got to steal one of those because Kansas State historically underperforms in Kansas City um, and I wouldn't trust them having to go into the conference tournament and you know I wouldn't trust if them having to put on a good show in Kansas City gets them to the tournament I wouldn't trust that at all yeah so I don't know. I want six and one to feel a little bit more comfortable about being on the bubble. Maybe the maybe even being in one of those playing games. Of course, I think those playing games are stupid and a money grab for ESPN um, and the NCAA. But you know, so what? Um, and if you're gonna make the sorry, if you're gonna make the playing games, make them the 16 seeds. Why make them the middle middle seeds? You know, why make why make those teams do that? I don't understand that at all. Well, like, the, the concept of the playing games is so weird because it's like the last four in are like the two, like the 11 11 and the 12 12 that play. But yeah, the whole concept of having 68 teams and 64 is just weird. Like, I know that teams like UCLA last year, they went from the first four to the final four. And strangely, that's happened like a lot. But what's the need? Like, why? Because they went from just, 64, it's, just, it's a money grab. But like, yeah, it's just trying to get more money. It's you going from 64 to 65, and then it's like UNC Wilmington. Oh, they won their first tournament game. It's like, yeah, they beat Vermont. Like, yeah, that's not yeah. a real win. Like, I'm sorry. Oh, now, whoa, no. now. But like, you're playing a team of your caliber. Like, it's like, oh, the first, it's the like first tournament win in program history. Like, <laughs> who cares? Like, you ain't UNBC. All right. Like, you're not. Like, exactly. Exactly. So, what did Joe Lenardi have on his? I would like to say something right now. He bumped K-State down a lot. That surprises me. There's a growing sentiment from 
K-State fans that I'm not a fan of, or I've seen it a couple times on Twitter now, which we all know Twitter's real life, um, that, yeah, that Bruce should stick around. Like, Bruce should stick around to stick through this Nigel Pack, Bradford, and Selton Miguel class. No. And that would require a contract extension is the thing. So I don't, I don't want to extend Bruce. Like, I feel like Bruce right now could be a big problem. Like, a lot of coaches have a play that can get, that can get two points. If Kansas enters a scoring drought, Bill Self calls a timeout and does a little hook and ladder play, you know, and that gets two points. And Bruce Weber doesn't have that. He likes to put the ball in the player's hands when it comes to that, and I just, just, I just don't like that. Um, I will say I was I tweeted at a K State fan uh, this this morning. I don't know if he saw that, but I tweeted at him, and I said that getting to the tournament should not be an exciting thing. Like it should just we should just expect that. That should be the expectation. Getting to the tournament should be a standard. And then winning in the tournament, that should be the that should be what we strive to do, not just getting to it, winning in it. And he said that that's a ridiculous expectation. Only Coach K and Bill Self have, only Coach K and Bill Self are the ones that have never missed a tournament. I want to push back on that guy on the podcast that he doesn't listen to. I want to push back a little bit. I want to say that I don't think. I feel like you can miss a tournament every once in a while, but three years in a row and to be this historically bad, Bruce Weber has had one good tournament run and it wasn't with one of his best teams because the best teams, they get to the tournament, but they don't have the expectation to win. You know, they're, they're just excited to be in the NCAA tournament. We won the big 12. We're excited to be in the NCAA tournament. And then they lose to a 12 seed. Both times they won the big 12 and went to the NCAA tournament under Bruce. They lost to a 12 seed and then they come out of the blue they had nine seed and then they go on the elite eight run. Uh, so I, you know, I don't. So what I would say to that guy who isn't listening is <laughs> I think it's a, like if, so after you guys won the big 12 and then, you know, you lost that whole team except for like Sneed and uh, Maywin and Levi Stockard, those guys. And like, if you don't make the tournament that year, but you're like 500 and it's just like, you know, it wasn't going to happen. You're in a loaded conference. Like I get it. But what was K-State's record that year? Like seven and 23 or something? Like it, it wasn't good, right? No, no, it was pretty bad. I think, yeah, I think they only won seven games. Didn't do very good in the big 12 and the, the next season was even worse. Yeah. So then it's <laughs> like, so it's like, yeah, like first off three in a row is bad, but it's like, oh, maybe it's not a bad stretch, but it's like, if your bad stretch is 16 and 15, like that you could work with. Cause then if you're improving, then you get to like 21 wins and maybe you're like a six seed and you're fine. But it's yeah. like, if the third year you're barely like, if K-State makes the tournament, they're going to be like a 12 seed or an 11 seed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's not like, it's not going to be. And then it's like, and then if you lose and it's like, Oh, now you have to extend Bruce because he mm-hmm. got an 11 he seed. Made like, it, yeah. And then lost. It's like, know? wow, he was projected to lose in around a 64. Like, I don't also <laughs> like, I don't want to, you know, come after your fan base and that's not what I'm trying to do. But I saw someone tweet today. This is some fan, some K state fan. And he said like, man, seeing everybody on Twitter, be happy, be so happy about beating TCU by 12 on Saturday. And then, and then like, screaming bloody murder after we lose to Baylor is laughable. And I'm like, 
Okay, but I feel like people that have a good grasp on the situation, like where people – like I don't think beating TCU by 12 on the road is like, oh, we have to extend Bruce. Like that's a good win. Yeah. TCU was not the best player for what it's worth. I mean, they lost by 12, so like they probably still lose. Yeah. But, I mean, it's not like, oh, wow, you beat TCU, who's going to be a nine seed on the road. Cool. Yeah. Like it's a, it's a good win for sure, but it's not like – why did you extend Bruce? Oh, because we beat this team that lost in the first round of the NCAA tournament or in the second round. Like, I would like to say that I know we've thrown around not, the Kansas State fans are not involved. You know, they just don't care about basketball anymore. I would like to say that the fan base is teetering on that. What you've got is a pissed fan base. And they're mad because they want good basketball. So I think that if Gene and the administration continues to accept the mediocrity on the basketball court, I think that you're going to have a fan base that starts not to care. And then when you have a fan base that doesn't care, I don't want to pick on you at all here, Drew, or your sporting interests. But when you have a fan base that starts not to care, look at Lawrence and look at football season. It's bad. You know, the, the administration doesn't invest. The fan base doesn't care, and you just say, wait till basketball season. But here's the thing. Kansas State's an average football program. I'm going to be honest. They're an average football program. The last time they won double-digit – I don't even remember the last time they won double-digit games outside of 2012. I think maybe 2014 they won double-digit games. Maybe. I'm not sure. Maybe 2015, but since then, it's eight wins has been the mark of the best season that Kansas State had had. Now, in defense, that's starting to look like it's turning around slightly, and I think this season actually might surprise quite a few people. But Kansas State is not good enough at football just to hang their hat on it and say, let's just wait until football season. They're not the Alabama Crimson Tide, who has a good, fo- has a good basketball program now, by the way. Mm-hmm. If, if, you get, if you get a full fan base that just doesn't care and lets mediocrity slip, then you're going to become one of the worst Division One men's basketball programs ever. Look at Kansas and look at football season, you know? Mm. So I think a time to move is coming, and it's coming very quickly. Um, I just – I know we talked about the dream scenario of Kansas State getting into the tournament, but I just don't think that's going to happen. I think we're going to find out this Sunday or Saturday. Iowa State's in the tailspin right now. So I think either this is going to be a get-right game for the Cats or this is going to be a – get right game for the Cyclones you know let's finish out the season strong game for the Cyclones and I could see it going either way I could see K-State winning by five and it being really close I could see Iowa State winning by five and it being really close I could also see Kansas State getting run off the court uh in Ames I could see him losing by 15 like they did um at Bramlage so I you know that's just I don't know I just think that Bruce has done some good things for the Cats, but it's time that somebody comes in and brings new life into the program. I mean, if that's Shane Southwell, so be it. Uh, if it's who you want, the Mac guy, so be it. If it's Brad Underwood, fantastic. It won't be, but fantastic. Uh, so, you know, I don't, I don't know. You know, there's, I'm sure there's a solution, but it's going to take, it's going to take quite a bit because we're going to have to completely restart. So, you know. I just think that we need to get a fan base that cares again. And I guess if the thing – like, I honestly don't think K-State will end up in the tournament either. I kind of see more like four and three, three and four in that stretch. Just that's – I feel like that's just how it plays out for like the middle of the pack teams in the Big 12. Yeah. But, you know, I just – I think it's possible. But I 
if fans if K State does make the tournament and you're like a nine seed at best or something, which that would be a stretch, but just that's a big stretch, yeah. But like that would be like going six and one and then making the Big Twelve championship or something. But like I think if people then want Bruce to be extended because he made the tournament, like that's great. But how is this team getting better? Like other than like Nigel improving past what he is already, like how's the team like with Bruce going to jump up another level? Like, I don't see it. No, I'll be honest. I don't. And I mean, I know a lot of K-State fans are worried about restarting, but in this day and age in the transfer portal, I think it's going to be made a lot easier to do that, especially if you got a coach that comes in that knows how to work it. Like also, it seems like it seems like K-State's core players. Like, obviously, you're going to lose Mark Smith because he's you know only eligible for yeah. this year. But like Nigel and Marquise and you know other guys that you have. Like, I feel like if you get a competent coach in and they buy in, like, why wouldn't they stay? Like, you're at the like, danger is would they leave? I don't. Would think, they not give the new coach a chance? I but like, do they are they really that attached to Bruce? Like, do you think? They really like Bruce. For some reason, they really like Bruce. And, I mean, Bruce wouldn't get another job anywhere. And out of outside of Nigel, the players that transfer away are not going to go to a better school than what they're at now. That yeah, They wouldn't the, be able to compete at high enough of a level. Yeah, Nigel could go – sure, a lot of power five schools would – or power six, whatever, could offer him. And, yeah, he'd go anywhere but, he wanted. But, yeah. So, it'll be interesting to see, uh, see how it plays out. Mm-hmm, for sure. I I'm ready agree. for this. I'm ready. This 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 year's tournament's gonna be fun. I think there's a lot of. It's gonna. There's a lot of good teams, and there's gonna be some upsets. I think this is gonna be one of the most upset-ridden NCAA tournaments that we've seen in a while. Yeah. My KU. Nobody's takes, safe. My KU. My UK, My KU take stays the same. I think if we play a team with a dominant big, we lose. Unless, I think it'll be around a 32 or a Sweet 16 at Unless Fox. unless Ochai. Unless Ochai, a million. Yeah, like if he, if him and Christian Brown get hot for a game, or you know Jalen Wilson's been scoring better lately. Like if some of them can get hot, sure. But when you have a like, I like Dave McCormick. Like I've before this year, I've always defended him a lot because I thought he got a lot of unnecessary hate, especially last year. Mm-hmm. But he hasn't. Like he's the same player that he was when he was a freshman and he was coming off the bench. Like he yeah. hasn't, and like he was an All American right out of high school. Like he's a good. He's a good player, but, like, he mm-hmm. doesn't – I don't know. I just don't think he moves the needle, and I don't – Is David McCormick broken? Have the rest – has the rest of the Big 12 figured him out? Possibly. Answer my you next on Get Up. Yeah, so, like, I think – I was thinking about the teams, and I was like, well, is it just Kentucky? And I was thinking, like, well, Texas's bigs are weird because they're both, like, 6'7", but they're, like, crafty, and they just score. Yeah. So, that was bad for us. Kentucky's got a dominant big – Purdue doesn't have a dominant big, but he's seven four. He's and way bigger. And their backup big is good. Uh, Arizona has a dominant big. Illinois has a pretty good big. Yeah, which they're like worst case scenario is like I think KU will probably get a two seed. I one seed seems unlikely unless we went out, which could happen, but I don't think we will. Um, and. So, like, let's say we're a two-seed. Worst-case scenario is the three-seed is either Illinois or Duke. Yep. Because, by the way, Duke is huge. Like, Duke, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's, 
you know, it's Coach K's last year. Maybe he doesn't have it, like, quite to the degree that he normally has. But, like, they play down to their competition a lot. But they're really freaking talented. And they're big. Mm-hmm. is like, 7-1, and he's really good. Like, he – I'm really impressed with that guy. And then Kofi Coburn's a monster. Like, he's going to hang 30 on yeah. McCormick if that's a matchup. So, yeah. if, we can av- if we can avoid the bad matchups – then I think we can be an elite eight team. And then if the one seed makes it, it's probably one of those teams I mentioned, like Arizona, Kentucky, Purdue. Yeah. Or Auburn. Auburn's big freaking blocks five shots. <laughs> yeah, we forgot Auburn. about that. Yeah. And Gonzaga game. has Drew Timmy, who, by the way, he's not like a big, big, but KU, and, a- but KU and Gonzaga played the first game last season, and he destroyed McCormick. <laughs> like, he's absolutely. And they have Chet Holmgren, who's 7-2. And yeah. he's amazing. Like, Gonzaga is like, like, unless if KU can avoid the bad matchups and maybe a one seed loses, then like, that's the only path I see, to be honest. Yeah, which, I mean, I think for a team to do really well in the tournament, unless they're dominant, they have to get lucky with upsets mm-hmm. and stuff, which, I mean, it happens. I, yeah, it happens. I mean, you can't blame anything. Kansas State got to the Elite Eight because the number one overall seed lost. And, I mean, Kansas played Davidson on the way to their national title. I mean, it happens across. Hey, hey, we proved it in the Final Four, though. Okay, sure. So it happens across, you know, everything. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I think it'll be a fun tournament, and I think I think they're going to be some teams that might surprise some people. But I forgot about Arizona and how good they are. I don't think Auburn's going to win. Uh, win I don't the think thing. I, do I think they're peaking a little early, and I think by the time they get to March, they're going to be going downhill. I think the problem with Auburn – so, you know Jabari Smith, that guy who hit, like, the two threes at the end of the game? Yeah. Almost – so, he's probably going to be the number one pick in the draft, and he's probably the best player in the country right now. Yeah. And I think Auburn's problem is, like, they have so much talent that they don't – like, he doesn't get the ball enough. And it's not, like, a bad coaching thing. It's just, like, they have so much damn talent. Like, it's <laughs> – like, everybody can score, and, like, it's crazy. Like, I think – You heard you know, it here first, folks. Auburn is too talented. They're not too talented, but it's They're like too good. They just like Jabari Smith should shoot more. Like sometimes he only takes like eight shots and then they win. Yeah. But it's like, how did he? He's the best player in the country. Like he should take like fifteen shots a game. So I don't know. Yeah, I and think that's not, a that's a problem. Bill Self kind of runs into too is there's too much talent and you've got to find you've got to find a way to get them all on the court in a way that yeah you got to find a balance is, is beneficial. Yeah, which Duke kind of has that problem too. But I don't know, like Paulo Bencaro. For Duke, he took one shot in the second half of their loss against Virginia, and that was a buzzer-beater shot that he missed. So, like, that's just bizarre. Like, I don't know. I do want, real quick, I just want four teams right now, just right now. Who's your final four? Just okay, four schools. Okay, I, I tweeted this. Auburn. Okay. Gonzaga. Okay. Arizona and Kentucky. Are those nope. the one seeds, Drew? No, I don't think so. I think Purdue is a one seed right now. Okay. I don't know who I, – I think Purdue is not great defensively. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to come back to get them at some point. Yeah. Although I, I've heard the comparison that they're kind of like last year's Iowa team. But the difference was Iowa had a dominant big man who mm-hmm. wasn't very – like he's awful defensively. Like if we're talking about defensive liability, it's him. And yeah, he, but then they had like a bunch of white shooters because you know, it's Iowa. What and do you mean by that? White guys can shoot. 
<laughs> and Fran, Mc, and Fran McCaffrey, analytics. Yeah, I said it. Analytics, Fran, you said it. But And they're a fine team, but then they played Oregon, and Oregon just didn't play a big. And they're like, cool, you have to defend one of our wings. And then they just got ran off the court. Yeah. I don't think that will happen with Purdue because Purdue has a lot of guys that can score, and their bigs – like their offense doesn't run through their bigs. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Um, I think but, uh, I think there's a team that we can really look for, you know, watch out for in March, and that's Arkansas. I think they proved yeah. it to us. I think yeah. they're going to be – I wouldn't want to play them on any one given game. You know, I, I think I'd be pretty nervous to play Arkansas. So, yeah. Illinois right. also, I think – yeah. Could make a run, but they're kind of inconsistent, though. Like, I don't know. Like, Kofi Coburn's, like, going to give you 20 or 15. But, yeah. like, it's their other players. Like, if Alfonso Plummer shoots like he does against K-State, which he's been doing all year, <laughs> then, like, he had some – I know they lost to Purdue, but he had some absurd shots. Like, if he can shoot – like, I think they could beat anybody. But also, there's some games where Kofi Coburn's, like, the only good player. And it's like, okay, like, how are you – I don't know. But Yeah, for we'll sure. See. For sure. All right, Drew. Last call. Anything else? So, I don't think I gave a Super Bowl pick last week. I think I kind of talked about it. But, you know, since the game, wasn't for a couple weeks. So, I'm going to give my pick. Okay. So, I do not want this pick to happen. But I'm going to pick the Cincinnati Bengals to win this game. All right? I'm doing it. Okay. So, you know, I don't know. I think – the Rams are better on paper, and I think the Rams should win. But mm-hmm. I noticed – so the Rams blew out the Cardinals, who were just god-awful in that game to start the playoffs. But in the <laughs> other games, the Rams, you know, they beat up on the Bucks early, had an epic collapse in the second half, couldn't do anything. And then, you know, Stafford hit Cup on a deep ball, which was nice, but that, you know, seemed like that was a defensive, you know, mistake that the Bucks made. Like, they blitzed, but their players didn't know they were blitzing, so, like, no one covered Cup or something. I don't know. So, or no, I think it was, like, they were blitzing, but their, like, their D linemen weren't even, like, in stance yet, so, like, the blitz didn't work. <laughs> and so then they won that game, and then against the Niners, like, they only scored seven points in the first half, and then they came back and won. But I don't know, the Rams, like – it seems like they can't put a full game together and they've gotten away with it so far. But I think, you know, if they start out bad against the Bengals, like it might, like maybe Joe Burrow just coast to a win. And that's, you know, I could see that happening. And I, you know, the Bengals kind of perform better against good teams all year as compared to the Rams. So I'm going to pick the Bengals to win. I hope the Rams win because I'd be much happier as a Chiefs fan seeing the Rams win. But, you know, we, uh, we'll see what happens. Should be a fun, fun game. Yeah, for sure. I would like to say, though, that I don't know. I mean, what's the, what's the weakness of this Bengals offense, Drew? The O-line. What's the strength of this Rams defense, Drew? Their D-line. I know. And I think, you know, Aaron Donald's going to eat. So, I don't – I mean, Joe Burrow's really sneaky elusive. Like, he's, he's white guy athletic. But, <laughs> but I mean – I just – I don't know. Aaron Donald is so good and so dominant. And, and listen, man, so I – and just saying, like, I want the Bengals to lose. I want the Bengals to lose because all this nonsense that people are talking about Mahomes. And, like, I like Joe Burrow. Like, I think Joe Burrow is really good. But I just – Yeah. So it gets, gets annoying with the media. 
I wouldn't be upset with either quarterback winning this. I wouldn't either. I'll, I'll be happy for Joe Burrow if he wins. I just won't be happy for the narratives we have to hear until September. So, yep. So, yep. another thing. So, rumors have it that Brian Harson's going to get fired. Yeah. So, I don't know if you've heard anything about this. How much do you think that they've sp- – if they fire him, and I think they're going to try to fire him with cause, but the only cause they have is, like, he doesn't recruit well, which isn't cause. That's just, like, a reason why you fire somebody. Yeah. <laughs> and so how much do you think that they're going to have to pay between him and Gus? Because I know the number. Gus was on a pretty big contract, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, he was. And, I mean, I, I don't think I heard this, had a massive contract. I heard this on a podcast today, and it's – incredible how much they're gonna have to spend i'm guessing like a hundred million dollars a year okay well no okay it's not a (laughs) hundred what like 20 30 million 40 40 million dollars they paid salary for a new head coach they paid gus 22 oh my gosh well he had just beaten bama so i think they like had just extended them and then brian harson's is 18 because he's been there a year why would you sign brian harson to that contract First of all, why would you hire Brian Harson if you're Auburn? So uh, apparently, like, I'm not dialed in. So everything I'm, like, saying is, like, purely on, like, a podcast or podcasts that I listen to that, like, where people have sources and people hear stuff. Yeah. And um, they basically said that Auburn hired him, and then a lot of, like, boosters and people within the program didn't want him hired, but the higher-ups overruled them. so the boosters are paying for a coach who they didn't want yeah and now it's like had a bad recruiting cycle and all this stuff and now it's just like confirming and now i think the higher-ups are like oh yeah we should fire him yeah so i don't know how like and i've heard that it's gonna happen because he just came back from vacation and he was at like that sec coaches meeting today and he walked out without a comment didn't he I, I don't know. I didn't – I don't follow that stuff too much, but I did see that, like, people saw that he was there. But, like, I feel like – man, I I kind of feel bad for him because, like, you know, maybe he's just not cut to be an SEC coach. But, I mean, I guess if he gets 18 mil, I can't feel too bad for the guy. But, like – Well, yeah. But – I mean, I think – I think we're going to find out perfectly what happens when you bring a guy from the north into the south to coach um, when we look at Baton Rouge – and Louisiana State, you know, I think that Brian Kelly just wins, but also I think, I think, that, I think they're going to be good. I think that Brian Kelly – well, I think they're going to be good to or initially because Brian Kelly's a good coach, but I don't think Brian Kelly's going to be able to recruit with the best of them. Well, and I'm I will also say concerned, – I do know uh, that their, their transfer portal class is pretty good. Well, guys. you know why Brian Kelly did his Southern accent at that game? Why? Because when you're there and you're at a football institution in the South, you are under so much pressure That's if true. you're not Southern. All right? If you're not one of them, it's like you're, you're never going to be accepted. So Brian Kelly is going to have to do a lot of work, and I just don't think it's going to work. I don't think it's a good fit. I just don't. You know, And, I mean, I think even if you look at Texas – if you're not one of them, you're not going to fit. I don't think Steve Sark's going to fit, but I think he'll do okay. But, you know, I just think if you go from Boise, Idaho to Auburn, mm-hmm. Alabama, you're under so much more pressure and you haven't done anything 
in relation to the South. I don't know where Brian Harson's from, so I'm not going to. Yeah, I don't know. I think he's a Washington guy, and I just don't think that Pacific Northwest coming into the South was ever going to work out, you know? So. I will say, I'm, I think our guy Josh Pate, I remember him talking about the Brian Kelly thing, and I agree with you uh-huh. about it might not be a great fit. I just think, like, with the guys he's got, like, it might work. I think, I think initially I think he recruited well, he's going to decline. And I – Pretty sure that Josh Pate had said that Nick Saban, like, was not from anywhere near to South. That's true. And he worked out, but, you know, he's the greatest college football coach of all time. Yeah. Maybe Nick the greatest Saban's... coach of all time in any sport. So, like, yeah. maybe that's not a good way to judge it. Mm-hmm. Nick but... Saban's an Ohio guy for sure. But, yeah. Well, he's at Michigan State. So, I think he was from, like, Big Ten area. He p- well, he played at – it was Akron or Toledo. He played at Akron, I think. Was it or Kent, Kent State? State? He played at Kent State, yeah. which is not in Kentucky. And by the he way. he coached at Kent State, and then w- went up to Michigan State. No, he, yeah, went up to Michigan State. Then went with the Browns, um, and then LSU, Louisiana State, and then yeah, and then the Dolphins, and then Alabama. So, yeah, we'll yeah. see. Yeah, but I mean, you look at some of the other coaches. Kirby Smart. Have you ever heard Kirby Smart talk? I have. Dude has. <laughs> like a southern plantation owner just well if anybody accent. if anybody resembled lsu and new orleans well it was coach it was o. coach o definitely I mean, it was coach o. <laughs> but you know i mean too bad that look, didn't work out but. josh heupel southern guy he's working out there at tennessee um mm-hmm. billy napier i think he's a louisiana guy at florida yep um Lane Kiffin, Mike Leach don't really fit, but I don't think I don't see Mississippi as a football state, kind of like LSU. But I feel like Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach are kind of just like their own, they're yeah. their own like personality. Yeah. Like S- Sam Pittman, Southern guy. Oh yeah, Southern guy for sure. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I just I think it's it's going to be hard I guess for Brian. Elijah Drinkwitz isn't quite that. Probably but, not, but hey, he's I, also at Missouri. So I like I that. Know. I I do not like Missouri, but I like that guy. He yeah, yeah. I like it when coaches just nerd out, you know? Well, yeah. (laughs) I like that, too. I think that's cool. So, all right. Well, Drew, anything else? I know we've got a dinner to get to here pretty soon. So, anything else before we go? Um, NBA trade deadline was today. There were some interesting ones, but no one's not an NBA guy, so we won't. Not at all. We won't get into that. (laughs) Um, uh, Eli Apple, you're still a bum. Um, And I think that's uh, that's about it. it. Yep. All right. Eli, 